0: You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Okay, so we're going to be in Numbers 13, but we're we're not going to stand and read right now. We'll we'll get to the text here in a minute. Um, But as an introduction... Uh, some of you may know, um, others may not, but my wife and I just got a dog, and we we were in Oklahoma, and you know, I, I believe that dogs are, are man's best friend. It, can, can I get an amen? amen? Amen. It's not cats. It's dogs. <laughs> amen. Yeah, another amen. So I we, we decided to get, get a dog. We both grew up with dogs, and so while we were in Oklahoma, we found one in Lawton, and it's... An, another two hours, basically, away from, from here. And so why I thought it was a good idea to bring a, a puppy on an 11-hour drive ended up being a 16-hour drive with snow and wind. It was not a good idea. Um, and and there, there have been nights where I, I've questioned my desire to have a dog. Um, but we, we, we've been enjoying it. His name is Brody. So I want to show a picture of Brody at this time. Yeah, we can all say it at the same time. One, two, three... Aww. I know, he's pretty cute. He's pretty cute. He's a, an Australian, a miniature Australian shepherd. He's a little over three months old. So we, we can keep that up there for a second. So just uh, a few days ago, then we took a little field trip to pastor's house, to the Jets' house. And as some of you know, the Jets have a rat terrier. I think that's what it is. Uh, her name is Oakley. So just so you have an idea of who Oakley is, we'll show you a couple pictures of Oakley. That's Oakley. So obviously, there's a little bit of a a size difference to Oakley and Brody, a little bit different. She's about about 9 pounds, and she likes to dress up, apparently. Um, I I wish you could see the one in the top left a little bit better. But if you want to see that, um, I'll I'll show you here in a second. You, You can take that away. It might be a little bit of a distraction. So you have an idea of what Brody looks like. You have an idea of what Oakley looks like. So we took Brody to the Jets' house this last week, and as I was carrying him in, and we knocked on the door and went in, then as Oakley always does, she greets us with some loud barks, some very, very loud barks. If you've ever seen a a rat terrier or heard a rat terrier, you know what that sounds like. It's not very intimidating, except to Brody. Brody was terrified. (laughs) And so he was squirming in my arms, so I let him down, and what I didn't realize was that the screen door hadn't shut all the way to the house. And off he goes. He just starts running down the street as fast as he can. I mean, I, you, you would have thought that the, the beast from Sandlot was after him. It's Oakley. It's, it's just Oakley. And I'm, I thought, honestly thought he was a goner. I took off out the door as fast as I could. And uh, I'm sure it looked pretty, pretty crazy, me running after this little dog, not turning back. So he, he got about 18, 20 houses down, and he finally stopped. Um... But he just acted out of pure fear. All, all he knew is what he felt in the moment, and he acted on it. He acted on his feelings. But what, what he realized later was that um, he's almost 10 pounds heavier than Oakley. And if he jumps on Oakley, then uh, she'll run away very fast. And he realized that later. But in the moment, he just, he just went with his feelings. He acted on his feelings, booked it out of there. And... Um, and, and really, really just was terrified. But later, he realized that there was nothing to be afraid of. Um, that, that almost perfectly illustrates the response of some of the people in our text. And, and often what happens in our lives, when we're faced with, with a challenge, with some difficulties, many times our, our first response is just to act on our feelings, yeah. our emotions in the moment, um, we act on, on how we feel And as we'll see through the text, and hopefully by the end of the message, then you'll see that when we act on our feelings, it almost always ends up in failure. When we act on our feelings, it almost always ends up in failure. So here in our text, in Numbers 13, uh, the children of Israel have been out of Egypt for almost a year now. They've crossed the Red Sea, they have received the Ten Commandments, they've built the tabernacle, and now they're about to enter into the Promised Land. So remember, this land is the land that God promised to his children almost four or 500 years ago um, back with Abraham. And I can imagine that there had to be some major anticipation for for what was about to happen. After all this time, they're finally about to get into the promised land, the land that God had given them. So this is where we we, um, see in our text. We'll, We'll look at verse 1 of Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13, verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the tribe of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them uh, from the wilderness of Paran. All those men were heads of the children of Israel. So God commands 12, 12 men to be sent out as spies to go into the promised land, the land of Canaan, and spied out. See, see what it's all about. And again, as I said just a couple moments ago, this is very important for us to remember through the whole story, is that this land that they're going into is the land that God has promised to give Israel. It's the land of Canaan. It's called the promised land, obviously, because God, God promised it to them. Before they, they were ever going to explore, to spy out the land, God reminds them, that he is giving it to them. This is their land. This is indeed the promised land from God. So he gives that reminder. And Moses sends these 12 leaders out from each tribe. I'm not going to try to pronounce all the names there. Um, I I would mispronounce them all. But really the only two that we have to note are are Caleb and Joshua. Um, So we're going to look and see what they saw in the land. So look look at verse 23, 23 through 27. And they came unto the brook of Escol, and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes. And they bare it between two upon a staff, and they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. The place was called the brook of Escol because of the cluster of grapes which the children of Israel cut down from thence. And they returned from searching of the land after forty days. And they went and came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh. And brought back word unto them, and unto all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, and said, We came unto the land, whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. The, the spies found out that the land was very fruitful. It, it had a, a lot of fruit, it had milk, it had honey, it had all, all of these things that, that were Amazing. They, they had to at least had, had one Chick-fil-A, if, if not more, because it's God's promised land. And and Chick-fil-A is God's food. I, I think that was also manna, by the way. Chicken minis. If you haven't had chicken minis, try it out. Um, but it, this is the promised land. There, there There is all the food you could ask for. It sounds amazing. As a kid, I, I read that it flowed with milk and honey. I love milk, and I used to love honey a lot. And so that... I thought, man, it really can't get much better than that. Milk with ice, by the way. You can ask me about it later. Um, anyways, so the promised land had, had a lot of, of benefits to it. But though the land was fruitful, there were some challenges that, that were there as well. Look at verse 28. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. And the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. It was a fruitful land, but there, there, were, there were some things that were going to have to be addressed. See, there, there were enemies in the land. There, there were evil, evil people in the land, and it seemed like there were quite a few, but Let's be clear. Just, just because they noticed the challenges, the difficulties um, in the land didn't mean that they were in the wrong. Just because just they noticed, they, that's what they were sent there for. Um, but it was how they responded to these difficulties, to these challenges that, that really mattered. Yeah. You know, Even in our lives, it, when we face difficulties or, or challenges, you find difficulty in your walk with the Lord or you, you face some challenges um, in temptations, trials, whatever it is, just because you find it hard to do God's will doesn't, doesn't mean that, that you're in the wrong or, or that you're in sin. What matters is how you respond to the trials, to the difficulties, to the hard things in your life. So there are a couple different responses to, to the situation um, that these spies had. I believe we can learn, learn from both. Um, the, the, the first response was from these ten spies, and it was a response of feelings. They they acted on their feelings. Look at verse 31. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw giants, the sons of Anak, which come from the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. You know, these, these ten spies responded just like Brody did with Oakley. They saw that they, there were enemies, there was something really scary, really big that they would have to face, there were challenges, and they just responded with pure fear, with, with, with their feelings. They turned tail and ran. They, they didn't want any part of it. They, they saw the giants. They saw, they, they heard, whatever it was. They saw it. They, they, didn't, want to, they didn't want to be there. They, they were scared. And a- acting based on their feelings, it, it, didn't, it didn't just affect the ten spies. We'll see in a little bit that it did. But it also affected the rest of the children of Israel. Look at, look at the next chapter in verse 1. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried. And the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt! Or would God we had died in this wilderness! And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey? were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And they said one to another, let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. This is crazy. These people were so fearful. These people had such strong feelings that they're begging to go back to Egypt. The place where they were just slaves. Where they were slaves to awful, awful men. How crazy is that? After everything that they had been through, their desire to be out of Egypt... And now they want to go back because they're scared, because they're fearful, because they have these feelings. After everything they've been through, they want to forget God's promised land and just go back to the slavery, go back to Egypt. You know, when you respond to difficulties, to challenges with fear or some other feeling, it not only affects you, but it can spread spread to others, spread like wildfire to those around you, to your family. To your friends, especially to, to your church family. Uh, I, I believe that, that God wants to do something great with Eastside. And especially just with, with last Sunday, last Sunday night, man, I, I, I am so excited about what God wants to do even just this year with, through, through Love Works and, and through um, our church. Yes. I, I think it's going to be great. Amen. But it's not going to come without its difficulties, right. without its challenges. We're going to be asked to do some, some hard things. Um, when, when you're stretched to do, to do more for the Lord, to do more in this ministry, or, or, or bring some new ministries, there may become a burden or an inconvenience. You, you respond with a spirit of complaining or, or selfishness or well, whatever it, whatever it is, and you give up, it's going to affect the rest of the church. It's going to affect the people you serve with. It's not just going to affect you, that those feelings, that, that complaining spirit, that, that selfish spirit, whatever it is, it's going to spread um, to others. I mean, look, look, at, look at how just 10 men responding in fear, responding with their feelings, and with fear, with doubt, spread to the whole children of Israel, right. to, to millions of people. Do you want to be one that, that helps Eastside achieve everything that, that God wants to do through us this year? Are you going to be one that, that responds with, with feelings and, and hinders that growth? Yes. I, I, hope, I hope we can be ones that, that are going to help that growth, not, not hinder it. Um, but there, there are three things that I, I, I think um, went into these mo- these I almost said moms. I don't know why. These men responding with their feelings. So the first thing that I, I, think, I think goes into it is they ignored truth. They, they ignored truth. As I mentioned before, God had been promising this land to Israel for four, five hundred years since Abraham. God commanded them to spy out the land so He could give it to them. That this land was already promised to them; it was theirs. It was theirs to take. So, why would they doubt that God had? Or why would they doubt God? Did they think that God would change His mind so easily? You know, the truth was that God had promised this land to them. So he would take care of all the little things that go into them receiving the land Amen. and securing it. But these ten men ignored that. They, they ignored this truth. Number two, I, I think they, they relied on their, strengths, their strength rather than God's. Look, look at, uh, go back to chapter 13 and look at verse uh, 32 and 33. Uh, in the middle there it says, um, the, uh, let's see. And, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anag, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. You know, the only thing that they saw were how big the giants were. How, how many em- enemies there, they, there, there were. You know, all they could see w- was how they would do this on their own. How they would defeat the giants. How, how they were viewed in, in their own eyes. How, how the other people viewed them. You know, it's true. If, if they were to face all of these people on their own and all these giants, all these enemies, they would fail. But they had God. They had God on their side. The, 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 the land was already promised to them. So why, why doubt it? You know, God, God, God is more powerful than anyone or anything that they had faced so far. So why, why would they doubt it? God had, God had already proven that he could take care of their enemies, which leads us into the next point, is that they had forgotten all the miracles that God had done to get them this far. Yes. You know, look at, look at verse um, chapter 14, verse 22. This is what God, God says about, about the children of Israel. He says, because all, of, uh, because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness... And have tempted me now these ten times, and have not hearkened to my voice. Surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers. Neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. God had already done so much for the children of Israel to get them to this point. He had brought all the plagues in Egypt to help them escape. He parted the Red Sea and destroyed the Egyptians in the process. He clothed, fed, guided them... All through the wilderness, all the way up to this point, he has done so much for the children of Israel, and yet they've forgotten all of that, and even just doubted his ability to provide for them right now in, in the big things. He, he had taken care of all the little things and some pretty big things as well, and now now it's like they've just forgotten all of that. And so, I, as you as you saw, as a result of their diso- as a result of their response based on feelings, their response to hard times, to trials, they, they responded with their feelings. The ten spies, the children of Israel, were not allowed to go into the promised land. Right. Responding with feelings always leads to failure. Yes. When trials, hardships, temptations, and difficulties come, and you respond with feelings, whatever they may be, you will always fail, and it will always overcome you. So the response we saw is one of feelings. But the second one that we'll see from Caleb and Joshua is one of faith. Look at verse 30 of chapter 13. Verse 30 of chapter 13. We're going to read a few verses here. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. That's quite the difference. Quite the difference from from the other ten spies. Look at chapter 14, verse 6. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of whatever his name is, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their defense has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. You know, Joshua and Caleb, they were faced with the same challenges, the same difficulties that that the other ten spies were. They, They probably had some of the same fear, but they responded with faith rather than their feelings. They they were probably a little nervous, maybe a little fearful at the giants. I would be, and and all, all the people in the land, all the enemies. But they didn't let that overcome them, because I, I believe they they did the exact opposite of the ten spies. He, here's what I believe went, went into their response of faith. Number one, this may sound familiar. They affirmed the truth. Look look at, look at verses seven again, seven and eight. It says. The, the land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us. They knew that, that God had promised them this land and that he was going to give it to them. No, no matter what the challenges, no matter the challenges they would face. They were confident that God would keep his promise. that He's been promising for, for four, five hundred years to Abraham. They affirmed the truth that if God promised this land, then it was theirs to take. So they they affirmed, they affirmed the truth. Secondly, they relied on God's strength rather than their own. Look at, look at verse 9 again. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. They're telling, they're telling the people, we don't, we don't have to do this. You know, we don't have to fear them because God is with us. Amen. God's going to take care of us. The, the only thing that the 10 spies could think about was how they were going to be defeated by these giants and how they were going to face these giants. But Caleb and Joshua, they thought, okay, how, how is God going to deliver us? He, he will deliver us. You know, They said it, it, it's almost as e- easy as just sitting down and, and eating a meal. They're going to be bread for us. If God was on our side, they'll, they'll be like, It'll be as easy as just sitting down and eating a meal. They knew that if God was with them, nobody was going to be standing in their way. They they had they had to have a they had to have had man, I, I, I didn't write that the right way. Um they they went through all the plagues that, that God sent the Egyptians. They they had to have that in their mind. They they had to have the plagues that, that God had sent in their mind. They had to be thinking of, of the Red Sea crashing down on the Egyptians. They, they were confident in what God had done before. God had brought them this far, so he was going to help them now. What, what would make them doubt that? Amen. Caleb and Joshua responded with faith rather than fear, rather than their feelings, and God rewarded them for it. Look, look, at, look at verse 24 of chapter 14. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, a different spirit than everyone else, and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereinto he went, and his seed shall possess it. And later on it says the same, same thing about Joshua. Responding with faith over feelings always leads to blessings. But responding with feelings over faith will always lead to failure. Faith leads to blessings. Feelings lead to failure. Now, does this mean that if you have faith, then you're always going to feel like, Having faith and responding with faith? Not really. Again, I, I guarantee you that when Caleb and Joshua saw the giants, they had some fear. They had to have. You know, I, I, I'm sure. I'm sure they, they had some anxiety, some fear about what they were going to have to go through. But they chose faith over their feelings. They chose faith in spite of their feelings. And, and God rewarded them for it. You won't, always, you won't always feel like responding with faith. But if you will respond with faith instead of your feelings or in spite of your feelings, then God will bless you. What, what are some areas in your life that you can respond with faith rather than your feelings? A big one to me is, is our relationship with the Lord. You know, when it comes time to, to get up, to read your Bible, to pray, that can be one of the biggest struggles, that, at least to me, that I face in a day. My, my feelings say, and I'm, I'm tired. I was up late last night because of Brody, barking. It's probably okay that I stay in bed. I'll, I'll, read, I'll read my Bible later. I'll, I'll have time later in the day. It's probably okay if I just miss this one time. You know, how, how, much is, how much is this prayer going to make? Uh, how, how much difference is this prayer going to make? When I put my feelings over, over my faith and, and faith, knowing, knowing that, that God's going to bless me if I, if I do it, if when I put feelings over that, then I'm going to fail. If you want to respond with faith rather than your feelings, you need to respond like Joshua and Caleb and affirm the truth. Affirm the truth that you know. Psalms 119, 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. Amen. Or Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be, no- be made known unto God. Without God's word, without prayer in your life, you're, you're, you're going to get lost. You're going to be directionless. You won't be able to live like you should. Do the things that you should without God's word, without prayer in your life. Yeah. So you need to affirm the truth. Okay. God's word is essential in my life. Yes. Prayer is essential. And I, I can't do what I'm supposed to do without it. So in spite of my feelings, in spite of being tired, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to respond in faith. And, you know, probably most times, most every morning, you're not going to feel like it. And you're, and you're going to have to respond by faith in spite of your feelings. How about, how about in your finances? When it comes time to give your tithe, your faith promise, your, your feelings will tell you, you know, it's really not that big of a deal to miss one tithe. Well, it's okay that I spend my faith promise on, on this trip or what, this thing that I want. God will understand. My needs are big, bigger than I can handle right now. I, I can miss this tithe. I can miss this faith promise. But if you respond by faith, you have to affirm the truth. 2 Corinthians 9, 6-7. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Yes. Every man according as he purposeth, purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. This verse literally literally explains that this principle. If you respond with faith rather than feelings, if you put God first, he's going to bless you. And, and, and in Matthew 6, then the principle is laid out there too. If you put God first in your life, If you put Christ first, then all these things will be added unto you. You won't have to worry about it. God will bless you. Respond on faith, and God's going to bless you. How how about the ministries here in church? When it comes time for you to help in your Sunday school class, your feelings are going to tell you, okay, it's it's okay if I don't study for this lesson. I don't have time. It's just the kids. It's okay. It's okay if I'm I'm a little late to my my ministry. It, It doesn't really matter. Maybe when it comes to being faithful to choir, you say, oh, well, I, I can miss a couple practices here, a couple practices there. It, it shouldn't affect too much. If I'm a little lady, it's not that big of a deal. Or especially, I, I think when, when we get here to the end of the month, when we take, take over for cleaning at the church, it's going to be really hard for our feelings to, to get in line with, with our faith. Because, you know, it's going to be two, two times a week for, from here on out, for eternity. We're going to be cleaning quite a bit, and the feelings are going to rub off, and it's going to get pretty monotonous. And your feelings are going to tell you, okay, it, it's okay if I just miss this one cleaning; it's not going to make that big of a deal. You know, it's okay if I miss a few spots here and there; no one's going to notice. You know, but but God, but God desires that we take care of His house, yes. and, and that we that we do what we can. It's a love work. If we love God's house, and and we put our priority on it, then it's going to have to work somewhere where our works are going to come out and we ought to take care of God's house. Whatever ministry it is, it will be easy to go through feelings and decide, okay, I don't, I don't have to do it this time yeah. or, or get a bad attitude about different things. We, we all, we all have that temptation, yes. but that will always, always lead to failure we're, we're going, we're going to fail. If you want to respond with faith, And you have to affirm affirm the truth of Colossians 3, 23 through 24. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. Again, another verse that just affirms this truth. God will bless you if you strive to serve him by faith, if you respond to him by faith. We could go on and on and on about, about different things where we need to put faith... And, and what God tells us over our feelings. You have to do that in a marriage. Because your, your, your feelings are going to give you mixed reviews all the time. You're going to feel frustrated. You're going to feel angry. And all of those things. And if you respond with feelings over faith, then you're going to fail. And it's not, and it's not going to be pretty. But to respond by faith, you, you have to affirm the truth. Husbands, love your wives. Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. You have to affirm what you know God's word says. In teens, with your relationship with your parents, your feelings aren't always going to be there. Your, your feelings are going to tell you that that you're right, your parents are wrong, that, that you can talk back to your parents, so you don't have to obey your parents, and and you can go with your way ra- rather, than, rather than your parents' way. You, you know better. But Ephesians 6.1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and... Father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Again, it's another it's another promise there. God is clearly going to bless you if you will respond with faith over feelings when it comes to honoring your parents. We could go on and on and on with areas of where we should put faith over our feelings. You you can you can apply this to to whatever it is. You can even apply this to New Year's resolutions. It doesn't even have to be spiritual. But in every single area of your life, you ought to put faith over your feelings, affirm the truth, rely on God's strength rather than your own. Because Hebrews eleven six says it pretty well. It says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and, here it is, in that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Again, this verse just affirms the principle that that if if we will put faith over our feelings, God is going to bless us. But if we put feelings over our faith, it's impossible to please God. What areas in your life do you need to put faith over your feelings? Faith over feelings lead to God's blessings, while feelings over faith lead to failure. Let's stand as we prepare for invitation. I'm going to pray, and I I challenge you tonight. Think about about one area in your life that you can work on to put faith over your feelings. Let's pray. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.